what does it take to bring somebody out of severe trauma and you know invest in them so that they can then you know function with quality of life it's not just like it's a choice that people have made i mean this is spiritual oppression it's it's you know like they have shackles or spiritual chains that they don't even know how to get out of that are holding them back and they can't make that choice no matter how much they want to get out um, and this is why you know uh, some people have been bringing out the law of war manual um, this is why this is so important because basically what we had happening was that the corporation is basically a occupying force that has overtaken um, land in the United States of America and the world. Before we get into the show, I want to share with you the Z Stack, a powerful immunity building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Quercetin and vitamin C together are a safe over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Chaplain Jesse Zaboder coming back to the program, and we're going to talk about this amazing conference that's coming up in San Antonio that is specifically focused on survivors and also victims of sex trafficking and you know, all the various things around that industry. And the, it's a nonprofit situation. All the money go, proceeds go to helping traffic victims. And there's also scholarships for survivors and for people who are still stuck in that environment, help empower them to get out. It's something that is, they're actually focused on a solution. And it's, there hasn't been a lot of really good solutions or people helping uh, people stuck in that system. So it's really great to see people mobilizing, trying to make a difference. And so I applaud that effort completely. And I hope that if you're able to support the cause, please look into it. And all the information is below. And then Jesse and I talk about the, the fact or the probability. I, you know, I really don't know what's going on. I am talking to as many people as I can and trying to figure it all out. But the, 
fact that there are two factions fighting against each other. Obviously, there are two factions fighting against each other. There's the system that wants to maintain the status quo, and there's those of us that are fighting against the system. And she's talking about the military, the same thing's going on in the military, and it's going on at all levels. And she's going to explain what's going on from what her sources, and she's actually feeding information to different people too, and finding out what's really going on with the dumb bases that are being cleared out, and and then other things. We just we talk about a variety of things, and then we talk about good old Kamala Harris, and we do that for my members. So if you're interested in seeing some details and behind the scenes information on Kamala Harris, and uh, what what she's been up to, and in the past what she's been up to, then my Ebonier members and my sarahwestall.tv members will be able to see that. So go, you can subscribe to that at sarahwestall.com under subscribe and either Ebonier or sarahwestall.tv. sarahwestall.tv will never be censored. And so that's a great place you can go and watch all my videos. And the other thing is Ebonier is different. It's an interactive platform where you can post articles, you can talk to other people, you can learn from each other. There's over 50 free ebooks up there by now, and all my exclusives get up there. Plus, you have discounts. For example, Tetragen, you can get 35% off of Tetragen. So there's all sorts of discounts for Ebonier members. Again, go to sarahwestall.com under subscribe, and while you're there, sign up for my newsletter because... That is how to guarantee that you'll get uh, notices of my new shows. So let's get into my conversation with Jesse Saboter. Hi, Jesse. Welcome back to the program. Good to be here, Sarah. You are doing a conference. And, you know, at first when I heard the conference, I'm like, ah, I don't want to, because I, I, there's so much conferences going on right now. Some people are very, uh, authentic about it and other people I think is a big money making and and people want to be famous but yours is different and I was so happy to hear that you're doing something extremely authentic and helpful for people and not that other ones aren't I'm not going to accuse but I just know there's people who are there to get famous make money and then there's others that are authentic but this one is on the authentic side can you talk about what this conference is doing and I'm so happy you're doing it yeah. Um, if people want to find out more about it or look into it, you can go to www.summerday, spelled D-E-Y, dot com, and then backslash events. So um, anyway, this uh, woman, Summer Day, had reached out uh, to our team, and they were uh, coming into the San Antonio area. And so when I started to talk to her, you know, I realized this really is, you know, right up my alley because I, I'm a huge advocate for um, investing in other people and not just, um, you know, a lot of times with survivors, you have a s situations where, you know, they'll get out of their situation. Um, there's a lot of healing that's needed from the trauma that they've experienced. And then, um, you know, they'll usually get that healing seeking, you know, professional help. And um, a lot of times, really, they're just put on medications to mm. uh, manage their symptoms. And, you know, you see that they've come out, but they really have no quality of function in life. So, um, you know, I've been proposing models out there that, you know, 
you know, what does it take to bring somebody out of severe trauma and, you know, invest in them so that they can then, you know, function with quality of life. Um, so this is one of those events. Um, uh, several of the women speaking, um, I was going to get some names here. Um, several of the women speaking are um, individuals who have been in the San Antonio area uh, ministering for you know many years, not just one or two. And these women have been you know on the streets uh, every night meeting the prostitutes um, and trafficked women, talking to them, um, you know, trying to help them get out of this the situations they're in. And um, so, you know, now they're coming together. They wanted to create a time, you know, where they're really addressing um, the fear that these women hold, you know, about getting out or, or staying out and, you know, want to empower them with faith. So they're coming alongside of um, these survivors. And this is going to be, you know, a power packed time of really ministering to them. So, you know, some of the women who are coming, um, who are going to be ministering to these ladies, um, own organizations in the community. And, you know, they're helping these women, um, you know, transfer careers and, you know, be able to have stable financial income. Um, they're build coming together, they're building homes, um, that will be, you know, recovery home for these women as they tra transition out of that former way of living into, you know, getting their own homes, their own places and being able to provide for them. So it really is a dynamic, um, you know, faith-based event. Um, I will be one of the speakers there and, um, you know, sharing my story as well as um, really encouraging you know, the women who are coming out to take authority over, you know, uh, your healing and your life direction and, uh, you know, how to take authority over, um, you know, abusers or individuals who may still be, at, you know, trying to actively come at you as you get out. So those are some of the topics we'll be presenting. Oh, that's great. I had a a person in the past who uh, I call them a fake, uh, but he said he had a a minister ministry for prostitutes, and I just there was something wrong with him, and so I checked into him, and what he was doing, the people who were blowing the whistle on this guy, he they were commenting that he would call him up and harass him and talking, tell him that they're going to go to hell if you keep in this environment and you're evil, and and that was his ministry. Wow. how how you know that i'm like this guy's awful because he wanted to come on my show I'm <laughs> like, sounds oh, awful. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, but a lot of people have that instinct that they want to you know that that's an extreme version of just an awful person but now what is the difference between what you're doing and because a lot of people have that instinct that that's what they want to say to these people they want to tell them how awful they were and you're going to hell and all this stuff but really that's not what they need they need something they're victims right, right? it's not like uh, detective rothstein come on and came on to my show and he's like people don't understand it took me two weeks i figured out that everything about prostitution is not what you're told in the media it's not these people choose to go most of them are kidnapped they're started when they're children and they're stuck they're told they're going to get killed if they don't get out 
So talk about what is it that these people really need? Yeah. Instead of, you um, know, how do we change ourselves and our view of this? Yeah. Also, I'll, I'll add one more thing. You know, um, a lot of the prostitutes who get pregnant, you know, bear children. So some of those are, you know, it's a generational bondage. Um, so that's the, that's the big thing that you have to break. And um, in Isaiah 58, you know, the Lord is very clear. He says, you know, this is the fast that I desire. And um, when we start to get into some of the spiritual concepts, um, you know, you've got those groups of people who just want to be blatant and, and to say, no, these individuals are in sin and they, they need to make that choice and turn away. But they don't understand that, that the bondage is so, you know, I don't even know how to put it, but it's, it's not just like it's a choice that people have made. I mean, this is spiritual oppression. It's, it's, you know, like they have shackles or spiritual chains that they don't even know how to get out of that are holding them back. And they can't make that choice no matter how much they want to get out. So Isaiah 58, the Lord says, you know, this is the fast that I want you know, the priests and the people to do that they would fast that the chains of wickedness and the yoke of oppression would be broken. And so, you know, that's the first step. Um, if we are wanting to see deliverance come to these people, um, you know, as Christians, we need to be fasting and praying that the Lord would break those, those bands and, and yoke, the bands of wickedness and the yoke of oppression. Um, you know, we have to, in order to know how to pray, you really have to understand what these people live through on a daily basis. And that only comes if you're willing to take the time, you know, to sit with them, to fellowship and to hear their stories. Um, you know, as you hear their stories, you begin to understand what they are living on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, it's, a lot of them, um, there's things that people, you know, don't understand that some of that oppression or bondage is, you know, that the handlers need to keep these women, you know, in, under control so that they're making income for them. So what are ways that the handlers do that? You know, they do that through physical abuse, emotional abuse. Um, you have some handlers who will pump, you know, their prostitute or women, um, full of drugs and they keep them drugged. And that's a way that they, you know, if they're under addiction, that's a way that they keep control of these women. Um, you know, those drugs, the majority of the time were not those women's option, <laughs> you know, that that was forced on them. They were held down and these people, you know, gave them the drugs. And after so many times, you know, they then become addicted. addicted to it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different things that these women have to work through. And then, you know, I mean, think about, you know, the emotional trauma as well. Um, you know, God made us to be, um, you know, intimate inside of marriage, but when you have all of those extra men, you know, some of these women, I, I can't even get into the numbers. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. You're not just talking like they've got a, you know, one or two 
people that they service a night, you know, it, it's numbers that are unbelievable. 20 a and, day, 10 a day. Yeah. Or four, you know, I mean, some of them people, some of the survivors, you know, who have been in the porn industry, like Madison have brought out that, you know, literally they were gang raped on some of those, you know, some of those times. So, you know, I mean, you've got, I mean, it's just crazy. I can't even get into it, but um, so, you know, they've got to work through all that, you know, each of those incidences are, are multiple traumas. You know, they're not, the body's natural reaction is to just disassociate, to not feel, to not emotionally connect with the trauma. So, you know, there's a lot that is up against them. And, you know, so I think, you know, as we, you know, the first step is to really get involved through earnest prayer and to be praying for the bands of wickedness and that yoke oppression to be broken. The next step is, is to find ways to engage, to, you know, invest in these women, to get to know them, to understand their personal issues. And as we understand their personal circumstances and issues that they're in, then we can find ways to safely help them, you know, get out. And sometimes they don't even know they want to get out. You know, most, most of them, the first time you meet them, um, you know, that th they pretend like they're happy, you know, they'll even say they're happy that they don't want to get out, that they, they like their career and profession. Um, but that's not always the truth. Some, you know, sometimes that's just the cop-out answer. That's their perspective. They're yeah, they're not used to people who really care to help them get out. Um, Nobody ever cares. And so the concern I have is them, but also their child, you know, the ones that have children, that it ends up being they get sucked into it. And that that needs to happen. I think a lot of those mothers, like even just for your child, you guys need to get out, you know, and maybe that's a connection that you can make. But um, I'm just so glad you're doing this. Now, how is it that people, who are you looking for to come to these conferences? And, you know, you're in San Antonio. I don't know if you're doing more or how that works, but how, who should be going to these conferences? Yeah, we're looking for two groups. You know, uh, first off, we're looking for survivors and uh, they are offering scholarships. Um, they've had individuals who have donated money for this conference. Uh, to pay for hotel travel and other things if you're a survivor and you want to come or you're a trafficked woman and you want to come and you don't have to necessarily be from the Texas area. Um, the goal is that they want this to be a time where we're ministering to um, women who have experienced this type of trauma. So, um, you know, you can contact the website and, um, you know, if you're a survivor uh, if you need to, you can reach out and I can get you connected with Summer Day uh, to talk about a sponsorship. Um, you can just reach out on the um, on our website and stuff and ask about that. Um, but I think there is also, um, I don't have the website right in front of me, but I believe that there's a place on uh, the website I gave um, if you're uh, survivor and want to come for you to uh, fill out and uh, they will get a hold of you. 
so you know that's the first group they're looking for a hundred survivors to be attending this conference that's and a goal right if you go beyond goal. that if they're, you go beyond that that's yeah, yeah exactly they'll be, they'll be you're not going to get cut off if they get right. past it's not like hurry because it's 100 it's no we'll go as high as we can need to Okay, exactly. Keep going. <laughs> yep. The second group of women are those who, you know, are interested in getting involved in the community. You know, they're in San Antonio, um, women who want to invest in the ministering to uh, the survivors and, uh, you know, want to invest in uh, that community, helping to create uh, programs and um, opportunities that will help these women to you know, have that quality of functioning life that, you know, every individual has the right to. So. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you're doing it because it's so authentic. It's what we, it's getting, it's getting to the hard stuff. It's hard, you know, and uh, it, it, it's doing what you really need to do because fixing what we need to fix isn't just something we gloss over and throw money at. Mm -hmm. We need to not, not that we don't mind having money donated, but it, it's hard work on a daily basis. And I suppose it's, um, it's an act of love and passion that you do this. And yeah. I, I'm very thankful that you do that. Yeah, and there's future opportunities. Um, we, we did a show with Summer Day on Riot on Radio this past week. And she talks about you know her ministry and um, facilitating these um, events and kind of how that started and then they have continuing um so they created their own um fear into faith book that um you know they're getting going to be putting out on amazon and it will have stories of some of the different survivors and people that they've connected with and supported um and you know part of it it's it's a bible study um, literally, it will take a person through the Bible, reading the whole Bible in one year. And so along with those Bible readings, you have uh, stories of survivors. And that book will be called Fear into Faith. And it should come out um, on, I think it's the 10th, she said, of this month on Amazon. So that's so great. It gives them uh, a tool to the Bible gives them and Jesus, it gives people a tool of strength and love and support, which is what they need. So it's so great. I got to get her on the show as well. And yep. we can do it with her and you. So that's just so great. Okay. We're going to change the subject into some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, I, let's talk about, cause I had a question for you on this and I think other people might have this as well. First of all, I had a, um, a good friend of mine, actually, he, he gives me all sorts of information, but in his uh, thing that he sent me, he says that people refer to Satan as a golden serpent. Mm -hmm. Is that true? And then I have some questions behind that. Yes, um, that can be one of the names that individuals call Satan by. Well, and then the other question is, there's a golden serpent for medical, you know, it, it, it's that gold. So now is that the same serpent or what does that mean? Yeah, I, I personally believe it is. And uh, from some of my studies, you know, it, it actually goes back to early biblical times, uh, to the time with Moses. And I haven't read the story out of the Old Testament for quite a while. So I'm, I'm kind of rusty on the details here. But um, what I believe was happening was that, you know, Israel was... Um, it was during their 40 years in the desert. And um, as they were going, you know, traveling, wandering through that desert, 
there was a plague that had broke out. And so the Lord commanded Moses to um, make a pole and to um, wrap a serpent around it. And then I believe he dipped it in gold. So that became known as the golden serpent pole. And he was to, you know, set it into a place. And if people wanted to be healed from this plague and not die from it, then they had to look upon the serpent. Um, so, you know, this actually is a story that, you know, when I was in seminary, uh, a lot of students had an issue with it because, you know, when they think about the pole, their mind automatically goes to the cross and they could see, you know, if the Lord was telling Moses to have people turn their eyes on the cross, you know, that that was what brought their healing. But it's the fact that there's a serpent there, you know, they're like, why is the Lord having Christians look at the serpent, which represents, you know, God's enemy for healing. And, um, you know, it does have connections to that image that we see as the main medical field symbol. Um, so, you know, this, there was a lot of different scholars who proposed different, um, you know, answers to those questions. So some of them, you know, they, they say, yes, it does represent Satan, but it represents, you know, the defeated foe upon the cross. And um, that's why God had them, you know, looking at that defeated foe, which, you know, represents ultimately, um, you know, death and disease and that, that God was putting death and disease, putting an end to that. So, you know, that's why they were healed as they looked upon it. To cast it out. It's like you're right. focusing on that specific thing in your body and you're casting it out. Right. And then the other view was that, you know, it represented um, Christ's work on the cross and that, you know, as scripture says that as he was hung on that cross, that he took on, you know, he embodied all the sin um, through all the generations and that he bore all that sin. And so, you know, it's a representation uh, of the depths and the origin of that sin that, you know, originally the, that sin came through, um, you know, the serpent's pride that he, he said in his heart, I will be the most high, um, you know, I will be God. So, um, you know, it represented that sin and that it was laid on the cross and, um, you know, that, he did not have the final victory. Um, so those are the two strongest views on that. Um, <laughs> you don't know. Okay. I know. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm more of like for the second one, you know, I think it really does represent that victory, but it does get confusing because you're like, you know, it, it's so blatant with the medical field. And a lot of people don't know the backstories where these symbols and the symbology comes from. Um, well, and also because we're seeing the medical field being used for evil and they're yeah. being manipulated for, for evil and for, for doing just ugly, the sins of whatever you want to say. It's just awful what they use. I mean, 
Nazi Germany used it, uh, medical mm -hmm. field. There's so many stories. Japan, which I'm going to talk about, they have this, they had this uh, unit 571 where they did a lot of biological weapon testing on human beings. Like they'd kill three to four people a day testing it out and, and analyzing their organs to see how these biological weapons would react to them. And that was during World War II. I mean, this is how long this stuff goes on. And none of those people were ever prosecuted. Well, they actually, Russia tried to do a prosecution with those, um, with the doctors, but then they were all let off and nothing happened. And then they went back to being in their fields and stuff. And so that's the same thing as uh, Operation Paperclip. It's just, this is on the Asian side and people never really connected. You know, it was just as bad over there if not worse in some cases. And so it's, uh, it's interesting. And then also um, the Pentagon, I, I've been doing research on this and I'm gonna be doing a little, a little a short probably documentary on the history of some of this, but we have biological warfare labs all over the world. Mm -hmm. There's a yeah. lot of them and people don't realize that. You know, they talk about the one in Canada, they talk about us funding Wuhan, but my gosh, they're all, they're all over. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. There's, there's a huge, um, you know, not, I guess I'll just say my personal experience was that, you know, we had Johnny O'Brenino, um, who was highly involved with those programs all across the United States and the world, um, you know, with the underground dumb bases and labs and particularly the hidden ones, they, you know, would hide these labs deep in those military dumb bases. So it's happening. Well, let's talk about the military dumb bases because it seems that the military is still operating at cleaning these things out, which I want to talk about if they're, I want you to talk about what you know is happening. And then I want to understand the current administration and, and is there, is the military going against the, the, the desires of the current administration and doing what they believe is right, regardless of what the Biden administration wants them to do, because it doesn't seem like the Biden administration, based on how they're acting at the border, would care right. about cleaning south. So how does that happen? And how is the military continuing with this? And what for maybe you should talk about what is currently going on from what you understand. Yeah, from from what I understand, you know, I believe that there's two militaries operating. So you do have some who are operating under the current administration. Then you have some who are operating under, you know, the former administration under constitutional law. So um, we simultaneously have two governments, two militaries operating. Um, you know, some of the info has been coming out that, um, you know, about the constitutional government, and then we have what was called, you know, the organization or the corporate America, which was basically the system. Um, you know, it's not, it, it was not constitutional. <laughs> um, they created yeah. it after the um, Civil War, and they brought in a corporation to run the country. Yes, and it was operating under maritime law instead of, you know, constitutional law of the land. So, um, 
so we have, you know, these two administrations that in essence, you know, they are at war. Um, you know, what you have with the corporation is, um, and this is why, you know, uh, some people have been bringing out the law of war manual. Um, this is why this is so important because basically what we had happening was that the corporation is basically a occupying force that has overtaken um, land in the United States of America and the world. So, and it seems pretty obvious that we have an occupying force because right? the, the will of the people is not happening. It, everything's so weird. You know, they're high, they're, the, the media is not covering things they should. It's so controlled. It's so obvious that something's going on. But people don't have a way to, to, to understand that there could be two. You know, right. it, it's hard to get your head around that because there isn't any kind of, you don't know, because there's also disinfo agents who are, who are talking about this. And, you, and I know personally that they're disinfo agents. Yeah. And they're out there making everything into a mockery. So it's hard to understand what's really going on. Yeah, it is. I, you know, I completely agree with that. And um, I think as, you know, I personally got the law of war manual myself so I could start, you know, looking through it. As you look through it, um, you start to realize that, you know, these, these individuals who are occupying our country that they're really operating off of those laws that are in that manual. And so, you know, they've, they've put, uh, let me think how to put this. Um, basically what it does is it outlines different territories, but we're not just talking like the surface above ground territories. You also have territories like the air, um, the water, and underground, the subterranean. So, you know, they've built places, um, you know, in each of these areas, or they have, you know, forms of transportation. Um, you know, let's just say they built a, you know, a underground dumb base, um, you know, under the ground, under the ocean, you know, on the ground that's under the sea or the ocean. Well, what that does then is technically that ground that's under the water is not owned by any nation. So, you know, by default, these people now have occupying territory rights to that ocean floor. Um, and anybody who would try to, you know, um, come by that, you know, military base, um, it would be considered an act of war because they're the occupying territory. So, so they're using for trafficking as well. Yeah. That's what they use for trafficking. God, these people are awful, but we hired this corporation as the United States. So it's a corporate, it, 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 they're not doing what they're supposed to do based on our contract with this corporation. Right. And so just even based on their own laws, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Well, technically, though, um, we'll say, well, you got to use that word technically. 
um, they have. Well, you can wrap. Hold on. You can wrap anything into a technical ex explanation, but go ahead. Right, right. So this is how they're getting away with things is because of the technicalities. Um, you know, as this constitutional um, administration is coming against the corporation, you know, they've built in laws through, you know, um, I guess they're operating war laws, we'll say. So their operating war laws are allowing them to still function um, lawfully. Um, they just make crap up. In doing what they're doing. So I, I don't know another way to put it, but this is basically what's happening is that, you know, they've bypassed the will of the people altogether. Um, and you know, they're doing technically what they're allowed to do based on these laws that have been passed by, you know, compromised infiltrators that they put into our government system who pass these laws and these rules and regulations. Um, so, you know, they're lawfully abiding by what- It makes us angry. It makes us angry because- Yeah, we've allowed- <laughs> people to ask for us. <laughs> yeah, the criminals pass laws to allow the criminals to do what they want to do. But the the question is, we can't, is, is are they not going public? Uh, is it because the American people won't quite accept that there could be this whole thing going on and not a large enough number? And because it is still kind of a mind warp that we could possibly have you know, that they could possibly have pulled something off like this. Yeah. It's so incredible. I think they get it goes back to control. Go they have more control over the peep, the masses. If the masses don't know or understand what's really happening, you know, because they can pull it off as the other side, the constitutional side is just full of bunk and making it all up. And they cause a lot of question, fear and doubt. Um, and this is how they're, you know, using mind construction to still control yes. the masses, the mind constructs. Yeah. And, and then it gets into this darn vaccine that we're learning all sorts of things about the, the multiple Sherry Edwards has found 46 and there's probably more by now, uh, different proteins, spike proteins that that thing creates. And she's been able to analyze and decode all of them so that she can at least negate through um, sound therapy, the effects of them. But how do we get to the source to reverse this vaccine? It's really a, a sad situation that so many people believe in a group that wants to kill you and enslave you. You know, I mean, just it's that basic. Yeah, um, is that basic? So what what are they doing cleaning out these tunnels? Because there is some go good news there, and I, I would be great for you to share some good news with the people because you know let's yeah this is so great these little beings these little children that are being abused and and the, just anybody that's in the system is being abused. It's so great to put an end to it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, one of the main areas where, um, you know, I experienced, uh, we'll just say this group or the evil stuff happening was the Chicago, Illinois area. Um, so, you know, I got word the past two weeks that they've been 
in that underground area, cleaning it out, um, doing rescues. And, um, you know, so it was the Chicago, the Texas, the Florida and New York areas. And so what's interesting about that though, um, is that, you know, they've kind of done a few sweep throughs through these tunnel systems. So, you know, you've got layered tunnels. We've talked about, you know, that there's, there's the main tunnels that the city workers, the utilities use. Then you've got a tunnel system deeper than that, that the military uses that's connected to the dumb bases. Then you've got an even deeper system that's used by the protectors in the system, um, you know, to do their movement through. And then you've got an even deeper system. So some of the things that we've brought forward, you know, were about this Texas area and, um, you know, Florida, Chicago, all those. But some of those, um, or let me maybe put it this way, under those states, uh, their water aquifers are basically ocean water. So they have the ocean running underneath those states. So what happened was that, you know, the system has built submarine tunnels that go, say, from Texas all the way out to California or from the Texas area out to the Florida areas. So they don't even need to be doing their transportation of children um, or, you know, their slaves through above ground methods you know, or the tunnel systems, which would be, you know, their trains that they've built and things like that. But they now have also submarines that they can be transporting these individuals on. Uh, the other way that they are using it was um, transporting troops from, um, you know, getting them stationed and set up, um, you know, on the inside of the USA. Um, so, you know, there have been identified um, areas, bases where they had brought in CCP or other, you know, occupying force troops, um, and they've been holding them underground until they're ready for them to come above ground. Um, so it makes it harder in a war when you, you know, your enemy isn't just coming in from the outside, you've got the enemy also coming up from the inside. Um, to take control of the country. So um, I was hearing this week that they're going through, you know, those tunnel system webs and the smaller, um, you know, a lot of these tunnel tunnels will offshoot into smaller tunnel systems. So they're, you know, fine tooth combing their way through these different tunnel systems and, um, the, the number or percentage I heard was that they're, you know, they're in the last 10 to 15% um, of these tunnel systems and they have been blowing them up as they go through them. Um, so some of the things that, you know, you may see that show that they're working in some of these underwater tunnels, um, you know, it looked like a oil factory um, off the water uh, factory is the wrong word, but what do you call those oil-based? Refinery. Yes, refinery. Thank you. So um, we've been seeing some oil refineries that have all of a sudden, you know, started on fire. Um, you know, that, that was some 
something that reminiscent in some of these areas where they were at is that you know fire would come through the manhole covers um you know in chicago area you can look up the pat you know this past month uh people were putting up pictures on uh twitter and facebook you know as they're driving down the street and literally the manhole covers had mass amounts of water shooting through like a geyser you know so why is it it's because they're unflooding you know all those tunnel systems so they can blow them up and uh so what are the uh, what is the other military doing? The ones who are uh, supporting the occupying force here, when they see them going through and doing these things in the tunnels, are they not fighting back? Be how are they getting away with just doing it? I I think that there is I think that there is war between our two militaries, but I don't think that that can be talked about. Um, I think that it's being kept really secretive yeah it's very strange this whole thing is just it's none of us have experienced anything quite so blatant and in your face um not not that part but the fact that we have an occupying force and it's so obvious that they you yeah. know they're an occupying force it's very obvious um they even canceled fireworks in washington dc on fourth of july claiming noise issues and things it just it's so obvious that this is right. some, there's something wrong here Okay, uh, would you, before you, we end this, I wanna I want you to recap on how people can get a hold of you and things. And I was wondering if you could stick around for my members to talk a little bit more about what you know about Kamala Harris, whether she went to the border and then some other things you know about her. That sounds good. Um, people can get a hold of me off of our different websites. Uh, we have illuminatethedarkness.com. We also have covertheearth.us. Uh, the second one is primarily for our anointing oil project for the land. Um, you can also get my books on amazon.com. And I've got two books out right now. Uh, in English and Spanish. Yep. English and Spanish. His kingdom comes in power. And then the anointing overflows. And uh, those are the best ways. You can watch me weekly. My primary shows are right on radio.podbean.com and then the reveal report. Uh, but if you go to illuminatethedarkness.com, you can see all the other shows that I'm on on a regular basis. Excellent. Thank you so much for rejoining the program, Jesse. And thank you for what you're doing as far as doing the hard work of your ministry and, and actually helping people. That's when I see people do the work behind what they're talking about, I, uh, it's like, okay, this is legit. Because, you know, I see too much of the other. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.